Hello. Hello, my love. How's it going? I'm good. How, Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm looking forward to this one. We're going to be talking about dating. Oh, the rigmaroles. Oh, oh, the rigmaroles. Oh, shit. <laughs> and let's begin. <laughs> and let's start. Let's dive into our trauma. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our trauma. <laughs> so I thought we'd kick this one off with us telling a funny or embarrassing dating story because as much as there are the shitty ones and even at the time they can be a bit shitty but we look back and we can have a bit of a laugh about them so do you have any to share with the class I think you should go first I think yours is way okay. better than mine <laughs> if I know the story that you're about so to tell <laughs> I, I'll tell the short condensed version of the story which might be challenging for me but I'll give it a okay. go So I once had a guy write me a love letter after three dates. Every date we went on, he gave me a present. (laughs) And I thought, so the very first date, he brought me Percy Pigs. And I thought, okay, that's fine. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yep. Cute. Bit random, but okay. The second date we went on, he brought me 111 things to do in Edinburgh. And I thought, okay, that's cute. (laughs) Nearly. (laughs) Again, like... Actually, it was quite sweet, I thought, and quite help, quite help, uh, a helpful gift. Mm-hmm. And against each 111 thing to do, well, not all 111, that would be excessive, so but under, excessive. it's so excessive. <laughs> but after a few of the, the things on the contents page, he wrote down little notes. And one of them, so I met this guy in like August or July. And under one of them, he wrote down, and this is on a second date, and keeping in mind, he would have written this on the first date or after the first date. He was like, I'll take you here in December. And I thought, that is optimistic and presumptuous. (laughs) (laughs) He's a man that knows what he wants to do at Christmas, and that's what I appreciate about him. And so I thought, okay, oh, that's sweet. You know, when you've got a small voice in your head and you're like, "Mm, it's a little much, but that's nice. yeah we'll go with it after that date he then told me he kind of poured his heart out a little bit and was like you know I really want to give things a go with you and I was like okay he lived uh in a different country he lived in well he lived in England in the very south of England and I'm in Scotland and I was like okay like I was sort of open to seeing what happened but I wasn't as enamored and then on the third date I got the ick so incredibly bad that feeling it's the worst isn't it (sighs) Yeah, because I was like, I actually kind of wanted, to, you know, when you want to like someone and you're thinking this guy's very emotionally available, he's a lovely guy, but there it's just a lot. And he rocked up on the third date, he had flowers. And I thought, well, that's again, sweet, but really <laughs> it's just a third date. And I just had gifts after gift after gift. And it was just a lot of emotion pouring out of him and It was just, I felt overwhelmed, actually. I felt very, like, suffocated. And then the moment when I really knew that it was all over for me was when we were in the car and he pulls out reflective orange sunglasses. And I just thought, it's a no. (laughs) (laughs) We are never going to have sex. (laughs) This is where this ends. (laughs) And I stopped, dropped and rolled out of that car. (laughs) I would have loved to see. Oh, I just, he turned around and looked at me in them and I saw myself in his orange reflection and I just thought, oh, this is not going to work. Anyway, he drops me off home after that, after that date. And I, by this point was like, right, he's off, he's off back to wherever, wherever he lives tomorrow. I'm never going to see this person again. Very nice man, just not for me. And then he whips out a love letter in this two page love letter. He, oh my God. He just tells me exactly how he feels. He's like, we like if you wait for me, we can do all the real world things you want to do. He made all these analogies to penguins that I didn't really understand because we didn't have any personal jokes about penguins. It was all very intense. Do you still have the letter? <laughs> of course. I'm going to be buried. I'm going to be buried with this letter. I feel like you should have brought it with you for this recording. <laughs> I know, but I've poor man. I've, he won't be no, listening to no. this, but... I, unless we make it big time any day now but I just think oh yeah it just was it was just a lot I was overwhelmed I'm all for people telling me how they feel about me or showing how they feel about me but it was just so much so soon we literally knew each other for a week the third date was in within a week which is already quite a lot 
and I just yeah that was that was it for me this was never gonna go anywhere you know what's really weird as well is that like as I think we spoke about this on another podcast where we said about romanticizing our life and like wanting that like experience and everything being this like Disney film and and wanting that and actually like you had that (laughs) but in a very short (laughs) period of time with someone that you've never met before completely understandable but isn't it weird like how it freaks us out the things that we want (laughs) I know sometimes it's like be careful what you ask for because you're gonna get all if if I had oh Jesus (laughs) and all of it within the space of seven days and it's gonna overwhelm the crap out of you and I just Oh, it's just a lot. And I had, funnily enough, just gone from dating someone who was a poor communicator, who it ended because of that and because he was just a bit all over the shop. And then I went from that to this. And I was like, okay, there must be a happy medium where you meet someone and it moves at a very good pace and we both like each other and they just show me they like me. And it just was... It was from one extreme to the next. I had whiplash. It was just too much. <laughs> no letters about penguins moving forwards. No. If, if anyone is listening to this who I'm dating in the future. <laughs> if my husband's listening to this in the future. If my husband is listening. Also, just please, like, reflective orange sunglasses. They belong. On the ski slopes. <laughs> or in the bin, ideally. <laughs> Okay, now your turn. Any, uh, any See, I was racking my brain or... because my day in life back in like, I, I would say from probably about 17 to 23 was a whole rigmarole of rigmaroles. Me and Kay have a, um, a love for the word rigmar- rigmarole, if you haven't noticed already. <laughs> Once Becky was telling me all these stories and she just kept using the word rigmarole and I don't think I'd heard the word rigmarole in about five years and she said it about 20 times and I just thought that is an incredible is word and we stunning. need to bring this back. Um, but I don't know, there's, there's a, I mean there's so many, I feel like I can't share some of them because it was just too, too bad. Um, but one that did pop up when you were talking um, was I used to have a boyfriend who who used to hate when I would put my teeth on my fork when I ate. <laughs> when you ate. When I ate. <laughs> when you ate. <laughs> when I was eating. So what are you meant to do? Pop your dentures out. I know. <laughs> so like we'd be sitting at the table and... I wasn't doing it on purpose. I was not putting those teeth on that fork and pulling it out. Like, I'm not doing yeah. that. I'm just eating like a normal human being. I mean, turns out he was he was pretty narcissistic. Now we look back, but um, that's beside the point. Hindsight. In hindsight. hindsight. <laughs> but like, I used to have to <laughs> my, put my lips together and then like pull the fork out <laughs> Are we talking about forks? Yes, genuinely, (laughs) at the dinner table. (laughs) This is no metaphor. Um, Eating must have been an absolute ordeal. Like, such an ordeal. And I got so flustered. Like, so (laughs) flustered. And I did so well for such a long time to, like, not say anything. Incoming major people pleaser that I was like, okay, I'll just eat with my... (laughs) Okay, honey. I'll just eat a liquid diet from here on out. I love you so much. Thank you. Oh my pass God. Me the, pass me the straw. Um, that like, I literally fork. had to put my, my lips together on the fork to like pull my food out of my mouth. And you know when like, I mean, ha- have you ever, have you ever thought about how you pull your fork out of your mouth before in your life? Not no. recently, <laughs> no. But today, today guys, have a little go as you're eating. But like, I became so aware of it, like that I was so paranoid and petrified of what would happen if by chance the teeth <laughs> touched the metal. <laughs> what would happen? Would he get pissed oh, off at you? He, oh, massively angry. Again, yeah. We're, I mean, if you want a red flag, it, literally flapping you in yeah, the face. There was, there was a, a thousand red flags with that relationship. But anyway, but yeah, like as you were saying that, I played back the image of me on the dining room table, literally taking the fork out so slowly with my lips wrapped round so the teeth would never touch. So it was almost like I was a hundred years old with no teeth eaten every time. <laughs> Did it take you about 10 so years long. to eat? 
any meal. <laughs> and I'm the quickest eater in all human mankind. So like, gosh, it was hard for me. It was really hard. Wow. That, I'm so sorry that happened to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your, thank you for your kind words. Next time I'm eating with you, I'm really going to please don't because (laughs) (laughs) I have a friend who like can't bear the sound of swallowing and um, just normal swallowing when you're like drinking a drink or anything like that. And I have like the biggest, loudest gulp of all kind, (laughs) like of all times. And I can't even like drink a drink when I'm around her because I'm that paranoid that I, yeah, that I, that my gulp is so loud. God, it's been a yeah. tough time, guys. It's been a really wow, tough time. Wow, you and cutlery, not a good time, not a good combo. Well, I'm glad we spoke about these things. Um, so we've cl- <laughs> whenever whenever we talk about dating, it just really highlights how ridiculous so much of it is. Oh, don't you think? Yeah. And I will say, though, that as much as we have a laugh about it, dating for me in my life, and I know you and I have had very different dating histories, like you're, you've been in long-term relationships, whereas I have been, the majority of my adult life have been single. So I've dated quite a bit. And I think that in this area in my life, more than any other area in my life, I have learned so much about myself, mm. more than running my own business. I know that that can also teach you a lot about yourself and you have to do a lot of self-development work and mindset work I think in order to be a a successful business owner at least to maintain your sanity Mm -hmm. but I find that dating has thrust me into learning about myself and I actually think it was what kick-started my self-development journey yeah true because you you speak about like kind of looking within right you know that that confidence within and that's almost where it started wasn't it it was definitely where it started because it was sort of what triggered, I think, when you date, we can't talk about dating without speaking about resilience mm-hmm. and rejection mm-hmm. and confidence because I think all of those things really come underneath dating. And if you are dating to meet somebody, you are going to encounter rejection. Mm-hmm. That is, it's just very likely that's going to happen. And it's really difficult it's a really hard thing to deal with rejection in any area of your life and I think I think the reason why maybe it feels more personal in dating is because it is a bit more personal even though we speak about this quite often I know I know in the very first ever episode we did we just spoke about judgment and how 99% of how people treat you and how they view you as a reflection of them and their life and their blueprint of the world but with dating it can feel so personal yeah and sometimes because it is, it is but yeah. a lot of the time it might, yeah, yeah it is yeah um so I don't know there's so much we can talk about in this one and I am excited to dive I in am. to the nitty-gritty I am. I'm very excited <laughs> I think like like you said like it you can't help but make it personal because it is like just it's a very vulnerable place isn't it dating like it's probably the most oh, yeah. vulnerable we ever get anywhere in our life like we can get vulnerable in business but we can control that or you know in different areas vulnerable with our health but again we can control that but when like another person is in that with you and you're finding out about them and they're finding out about you and you're kind of open in that book like it is really fucking scary really scary really scary and I think vulnerability is something that a lot of people shy away from Mm. And it's the only way to connect with another human. It is the only way to connect with another human on a deep level. You know, you can, and I think this is something that I didn't used to do. And I I do want to talk about how maybe we used to date when we were younger versus how we date now. So extremely different. I would say that one of the main things that I did when I was younger was I don't think I knew how to properly connect with other people on a vulnerable level, especially men on a vulnerable level, Mm. I think. I was, I've always been a girl's girl, have a sister, went to an all-girls high school, always had tons of girlfriends. So I easily make friends and I know how to open up to girlfriends and I'm a very open book anyway. I mean, we're doing this podcast, so clearly I'm not <laughs> exactly one, I'm not one to shy away from talking about my feelings. <laughs> but with, in a dating context, I didn't really know how to do that. I think a lot of us as well are taught to be the cool girl no one's you know you don't have any issues that people pleasing comes into it massively I think and you can learn to start neglecting your own needs in relationships god yes 
And I think when you are younger, that is especially mm. the case. Well, that was the biggest. How did you find that? That was the biggest thing for me. And I went through, um, so I had like two huge back-to-back relationships that I actually felt at the time that I, I loved them. And I know that's a really big word. And, <clears throat> you know, I was only 17 with one of them and then would have been 21-ish with the other relationship. And both instances, they would not, one, call me their girlfriend, two, announce to the world that we were together or going out or something was going on. And it was almost like I was being um, shielded. Like, like I felt that they were embarrassed to go out with me or I just got made to feel that. And I think that's the two biggest ones that a lot of probably my people pleasing traumas and things come into it because it was you know one of the relationships I actually went on depression tablets in the end because I got myself into such a state um and it was in third Mm. year of stage school as well so I was just like a mess at stage school (laughs) trying to get an agent trying to make this career happen and going home every single weekend to make sure that this guy didn't then get with someone else or you know like it was just horrendous um that actually is so horrible Oh. Yeah, yeah. You just want to give past Becky a little cuddle. Poor girl, poor girl. Like I got to, I think I got to a point like I couldn't talk to my mom. I couldn't look anyone in the eye. Like it was just horrendous how it made me feel. And I think because it never, you know, I was going out with these guys. Like I was physically with them. I was hanging out with their family. I was around their house all the time. Like I was their girlfriend, but there was just, it was either their commitment or I think it was definitely, I then reflected because it had happened so many times and I was like, okay, what's going on? Because I keep attracting these these type of men. Um, was that like, I would give everything, which I do like in, in every life, you know, with my clients, I am there for them a hundred percent. I give all of me to them. And I think it was the same back then. Um, I used to be called the untouchable Becky Hayden, like people would like, it would almost be like a fantasy to be with me and then they'd get with me and then they'd fuck off. Like that would basically be what happened, yeah. Um, So I kind of felt like because I gave everything, because I gave it all and I like, I was fully there and I was fully in and I was like, let's do, you know, like, let's do this, I love you. And actually probably scared them away (laughs) because I did that, I'm not (laughs) sure, I'm not sure. Um, But yeah, there was just, two massive instances where they just wouldn't accept that we were going out it was very very weird very weird and and I think the hardest thing when you are in those situations which is funnily enough I haven't been in a situation like that I definitely have my own patterns which I'll come on to in a moment because I think this is what you find with um, dating is that you realize that okay this has happened again this is not the first time and you've definitely had the pattern of, oh God, they did their work committing. Obviously this is in the past now, but I think something, sometimes you look back on it and the biggest thing is that you didn't advocate for yourself in those moments yeah. and it all came down to self-worth in those relationships. 100%. 100%. You know, and a lot of the time how people connect with us is only as much as they're able to connect with themselves. And that's something that I've really had to learn as well because, and this comes into rejection and, and all of that, I really truly believe that if someone cannot connect with you in that way and they are, yeah, you know, you're together, you're doing all the couple things and then all of a sudden they pull the brakes on you and they're just like, I'm not ready or I can't do this. Sometimes, sure, it might just be that they're not feeling it. But usually I think in those instances, it is that they are emotionally unavailable to themselves. Therefore, they're emotionally unavailable to you. I really truly believe that. And as well as that, I've really had to look at rejection in a different way recently as well, because I've had a, I had an experience the other month, a couple months ago now, where that was definitely the mm-hmm. case. I was seeing someone for a few months, really liked this person, thought that they really liked me. I mean, all the signs were there. And I look back and I'm like, was I delusional? No, I think, like, did I just I make that did. up in my mind? Yeah. And, um, and I was like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden, the brakes were pumped. I'm not ready for this. I don't know if I want a relationship. And I think that was a very triggering experience for me because this is not the first time that that has happened to me. And I'm a very introspective person. Like I'll look back and be like, 
what could I have done better? Did I change my behavior in any way? Um, is What part did I play in this dynamic? And I truly can't think of anything, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I was like, I really don't think that this came down to me. And I also think that, I don't know, I just had to sort of like work through that, but also reframe it a little bit. And I was like, well, I think he's not able to connect with me because at this moment he's working through his own shit and he's unable to connect with himself. So he's not the person. You have to meet someone that is ready for a relationship and someone that is like where you are at. And if you're dating someone that's not there, all all that's going to do is create anxiety and make you feel like you're not good enough again. Because it keeps keeps mirroring back, right? And then you start believing that about yourself and – it's just it's just such a time to to reflect I think there there is reflection like with with my situation and I think this is um very heavily seen in the performing arts industry anyway talent is very sexy and talent is very um like I can't think of the word like fanciable (laughs) what's the word what would the word be (laughs) like it's it's uh an aphrodisiac <laughs> i don't know yes but like well it's like we always fancy a musician on stage yeah, don't because they're really like, oh, talented nice. so when you're in the performing arts industry and you know that's that's what i grew up in that was my life every day come rain come shine and i was doing shows at home and i was at stage school and whatever and when you're in that talent like there's so many people like just look at strictly come dancing how many of the couples either cheat or fall in love with each other or go out because when you're in that environment where you know like say for instance if I'm playing a lead and I'm loving in the in the show like the love is for the person that the is the other person that you're leading with (laughs) (laughs) I was just like wow (laughs) you know what I mean but that you're playing the leading lady you're in love with the leading man love love with the leading man and like that talent is like very nice at that point and I think that's why I fell into these two relationships both of them were performing artists um but you know we've we've all got our troubles so I think it the the talent and stuff kind of attracted us to each other and then you try and force yourself into a box after the thing's finished or whatever that is and you're like no this is gonna work and then I really had to look back but I think just like you were saying this is where I was going with this is I reflected and I was like no actually I am rejecting myself like I Mm -hmm. my self-worth is shit my confidence is shot you know like all the things that we spoke about where I was like my confidence is a 10 but my self-worth is a four it probably was like an, a zero and a naught point naught 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 three at that point it was that low um and that's when I started to really have a look at myself and I think the la- the last relationship that I had in 2016 he cheated on me and it was this whole big thing and we ended up breaking up over Snapchat. That's where I was at at that point, guys. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Over Snapchat. The Snapchat. So you've got words. three second. So it's actually like he sent you a Snapchat. We're over. No, I finished it. And you I got finished three it. seconds to view it. I finished. It. Oh, you did. Okay, um, well, that's actually all right because you got cheated. Yeah. On, so yeah, yeah. Fine. Um, and 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 at that point, I was like, right, this is it no more I cannot do this again like this pattern has now happened by that time it's probably about the sixth time that it had happened and again with that guy he wouldn't call me his girlfriend and you know like again we were back there again and I took Mm. the whole year off and I just focused on myself and I think that was one of the best decisions I've ever made I lost a whole heap of weight really healthily um not because of the relationship breakup but just because I was so concentrated on me and my health and my fitness and my love for things. And, you know, I started to make more money teaching dance and doing the things that I loved. And I think that's really when my eyes opened. And then that's when I went into the kind of longest relationship that I've ever had. Um, because I took that that space and time to reflect. Definitely. And it does provide an opportunity for reflection. And I think it's so important. We always... And I think as human beings, and I see a lot of people do this, straight away jump to blaming the other person. So in that dynamic with that guy that you were talking about, or all those six guys beforehand, whatever it was, 
you could have said, what an asshole. He won't call me his girlfriend. Da, 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 da. And like, definitely there is merit to that. He wasn't treating you right. However, it's so amazing that you had the awareness to be like, hang on. We have a pattern forming here. I am the common denominator in my love life. Mm -hmm. And yes, I am being treated poorly by this person who is unwilling to commit to this relationship. But I also am in this dynamic. And I'm allowing this to happen, which means that you also have a a lot of control in that dynamic and you can either open up that conversation and be like, hey, this is what's going on. I'm not okay with being treated like this. We either do this or we don't do this or you walk away, Mm. you know, and I think it's amazing that you did walk away, focus on yourself, pour all that time and energy into yourself that you were pouring into somebody else and you stopped that pattern from reoccurring, which is amazing. Mm, but I think I learned that a lot from you, um, kind of just like us chatting as friends in the way of how you do put up those boundaries. Like my boundaries used to be so bad with relationships and I would give everything, be everything, do everything. And that's why I get myself into those situations. Um, it's all me, you know, it was all me because I allowed them to do that or I allowed them to say that and I never stood up and said anything about it until the very end. Um, I mean, one of the breakups, my my mom texted him. That's how far it went. Please tell me you were 12. I was 21, guys. I was 21. But it got so, that was, it was got so bad that I couldn't like put words together. Like when he broke up with me, I was actually walking into college and my best friend Hannah um, thought that my Nana died. Like that's how horrendous I looked, you know, like it was really bad at that point. So that's why my mom like stepped in, but still like prompts to Jules. (laughs) She fucking gave, she gave it him. (laughs) And we still, I'm like kind of friends with him again now and I haven't spoke to him for years but I have spoke to him since that point and he's like I'll never forget that time that your mom texted me <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say did he bring that up oh, have you spoken all the time. about that <laughs> all the time. um but Amazing. yeah what I was saying is that kind of like putting up those boundaries like I've learned that a lot from you and I definitely do that um, in the relationship that I'm in now I feel very very comfortable to go actually no like I don't want to watch that or I don't I don't kind of want to do that today what what can we do together that kind of suits that and I really have um felt the difference in that that's amazing Mm -hmm. and that's so nice that you learned that from me I don't remember I never told you (laughs) that's so nice but you're you're very like hardcore when it comes to like no I'm not fucking standing for this like oh yeah that's really nice so there you go thank you we're we're gonna do an episode on boundaries Mm. next anyway so save some of the content oh I will (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah I mean I definitely noticed my own patterns as well Mm. so with me and I'm still I don't know what to fucking do at this point to be honest because with me my pattern is and actually it has changed from when I was younger but I would I would date people for a couple of dates it wasn't even very long especially in my mid-20s I found like I'd meet someone chemistry and I think this is the thing there would be chemistry which I'm not saying is always a bad thing I think you need an element of chemistry you do need to fancy the person but i put a lot of emphasis. I think I weighed chemistry way too heavily on the things that I was looking for in Mm. a relationship or with someone I was dating. And there'd be this great chemistry. And then a few dates in, it would like all fizzle out or I've just gotten out of a long-term relationship or whatever it was. There'd always sort of be something like that. Or I'd be like, oh, feels like things have shifted a little Mm. bit. And what I would always do is I would leave them before they left me, always. So... If I felt an ounce of being triggered, I would be like, hey, like, look, I think you're great. And I I think we've had a really nice time together. But I'm just sort of sensing that, you know, this isn't right. So all the best. Like, wish (laughs) you well every single time. (laughs) Yeah. And I honestly, yeah. And this would be the thing that I would do. And eventually I was like, hmm. Perhaps we are being a bit reactive here, Katie. Mm. And I would almost... I, I was not able to sit with being triggered. And let me tell you, if you are a human and you are dating and if you're in a relationship, you will be triggered. Yeah. And this can be a good thing and it can be a not so good thing. 
sometimes we're triggered by people that are very bad for our mental health and they are not treating us well and that is a sign okay you're not safe in this dynamic you need to leave and sometimes you'll be triggered based on your past fears past traumas afraid of you know fear of abandonment fear of getting your heart broken and that is not a time where you necessarily pull the plug it's a time to sit with your trigger and acquaint yourself with it and become introspective and be like okay I'm feeling a lot of fear come up for me at the moment where is this fear coming from so if I'm giving the example of the past situation that I just spoke of uh, about five minutes ago where he pulled the plug pretty quickly on me at the end throughout that dynamic I was scared too Mm. yeah (laughs) I wasn't walking through that like you know peaches and like Theresa May in a field of wheat (laughs) (laughs) that was a bit of an old school reference (laughs) I was triggered frequently throughout that because I liked this person and I thought oh god what if the same thing happens that's happened in the past or if you know something that I noticed with me is if they take a little bit longer to reply to a text Mm -hmm. so maybe it's like an eight hour reply or something I'll be like well, like, is this the first sign that maybe they're pulling back? And it could be absolutely nothing. Sometimes, So sometimes I'd have to sit with it. And in the past, you know, 25-year-old Katie might have been like, nope, he's not into me. I'm just going to end this now just to avoid all the heartbreak and all the hurt. And now I don't do that. I think, okay, they're probably at work. They're probably just doing something. Let's give someone the benefit of the doubt and sit with it and realize that this is most likely a me problem, mm-hmm. not a them problem. And if it continued to happen where it was like, okay, fine, they're taking way too long to reply to messages, it doesn't seem like they're interested, that's when I would open up a conversation about it and get curious about it and ask them, hey, like, I've just noticed X, Y, and Z happening. Is this how you're feeling? This is kind of how I'm interpreting it. Am I off the mark or is that sitting right with you? Instead of, I used to just be very reactive um, and... So yeah, throughout that throughout that experience of dating this person, I I was triggered frequently. I was like, oh, like, because I was afraid of getting hurt as well. And instead of running away from that fear, I think I confronted. Well, I did confront yeah, it, you did. and I allowed myself to be like, no, I like this person. I haven't had any cause for concern. Let's continue to see what happens. Yeah which is something I was never able to do in the past. So I think that is a sign of growth. I was going to say that's like a huge reflection for you to have and to see. And albeit, I know it didn't end the way you wanted it to, but you you had that space and you had that time and you grew through that as well. Like the, the growth that you had over that section of your life was huge. Talking from being your coach and your friend of both sides, you know, and being there with you. But that is something that you really need to look back and go like, fuck, that I've, you know, really have grown in that aspect as Definitely. well. Yeah. Definitely. And I love being able to walk away from things and feeling really proud of myself and being like, I didn't let fear win mm. in that situation. Mm. Like I saw the fear, I acknowledged it and I just delved headfirst into it. And I think I can be proud of myself for that versus I know that often if you let fear win in your life, you look back at things with regret and you're like oh I sabotaged that and I definitely have in the past Mm. I've definitely sabotaged relationships because I was afraid of getting hurt Mm. and the thing is it's like if you want to meet someone and if you don't want to spend forever alone and look there's nothing wrong with being single if you want to be single all power to you but I think there's being single from a place of empowerment and you're like yep I'm living my best life genuinely and there's also being single from a place of avoidance and a place from afraid of opening yourself up to people and afraid of getting hurt Mm. and I think I probably used to operate a little bit from that avoidance side but also definitely there's anxiety there so I mean this is kind of coming into attachment theory a little bit but which we might not have time to delve into but (laughs) (laughs) but definitely I mean there's been a lot of growth for me in terms of dating so I I date very differently now than how I used to Um, even though I'm still noticing there are certain patterns that keep coming up whether or not that's just luck and timing or if it's something I'm still attracted to, I'm unsure. Yeah, for sure. I'd like to think so. Because <laughs> I'm out of... I'm, I'm, out, of, I'm, out, of I'm out of journal prompts. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm out of journal prompts, exactly. <laughs> but I think the like one of the biggest shifts that I've made, um, especially in the relationship that I have now, is the openness. And I know not everyone... Mm. Like, I'm very lucky to be dating someone who 
can be as open as I want to be too. Um, But I spent a lot of time and it's quite funny because when I was in my NLP practitioner um, training, the lady was talking about relationships and we did quite a lot of on relationships and relationships with others. And she said, you know, as women, we have like these set of rules that we like put on our chest and we wear on our chest of like the rules that we want them to stick by or we want to have in our lives. But then a lot of people like put their coats on top of these rules and they're like, well, no one's fucking listening to me. And you're like, well, are you telling them? are you telling them that you want them to help you wash up? <laughs> like, and I think that that's what I fell into previously um, in previous relationships is I would get so pissed off that I was doing all the things or I was constantly having to put the washing on or, you know, whatever that is, but I actually never told them about it. So I would carry on being pissed off and pissed off at them, but no one was saying anything to anyone anyway. So how would it's it? It's so rude that they're so not mind readers. rude that they cannot what see. The fuck? You know, so I was constantly in this pattern of doing something, wanting to do it. I love cleaning. So I wanted to do it. Being then pissed off because they hadn't seen me that I'd done that and still not telling them that I would like them to help me anyway. (laughs) Such a range of emotions. So many emotions. (laughs) So like the openness that I've learned from, from doing that and actually seeing that, the last like, you know, the last six months has been like so incredible to have that open conversation and I think there's a lot of you know I was definitely this person where I would I would hold everything in because you know and I've done therapy around this but like I would hold everything in for fear of them if I said something they would leave me or fear of them if I said something they would you know something bad would happen and I think there's a big conversation around the openness because I've I've noticed how different my relationship is now because we are so unbelievably open with each other more open than I've ever been and it's like a dream because of it that's so nice and you're feeling safe in that relationship which is huge yeah you know and I think you know we were talking before about chemistry being really heavily weighted in what I was looking for when I was younger when I was dating now it's safety yeah I want to feel, yes, I want to be attracted to the person. Of course, that's a very an important element, but I know that attraction can absolutely grow. And also safety is the most important thing. You want to feel like I feel secure in this dynamic. I feel like I know where I stand with this person. I feel like I can openly communicate when I am upset or if they have done something to hurt me, which guys, you will all, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> when life. you're in a dynamic with another yeah. human, it's life. You know, that's why I say we're all going to trigger each other. We're all going to upset each other at some point. It's being able to openly communicate that that's happened and then move forward from that and deal with the conflict, conflict resolution, I mm. guess. Mm. But also just being able to open up vulnerably about your past and how you're feeling and things that do upset you. So say, for example, if you're, if you're someone like me who if someone does take ages to, and they keep taking a long time to reply to messages, I would have to you know, have an open conversation. And I have done this in the past with someone. And I was like, hey, like, you know, are you into this firstly? (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm really into this. And I was like, great, because something that I need in a relationship is I need a bit more consistent communication. So if you're going to be away for eight hours or 12 hours, that's so fine. But just let me know. And then just message me when you're back or whatever. Mm. And they're like, cool. They didn't do it. <laughs> they didn't follow through. <laughs> they didn't follow through, but I was able to have that conversation with them. And, you know, so I think being able to learn how to communicate your needs like that. Mm. And it doesn't need to be needy. It doesn't make you a needy person no. for having these requi- these requirements. And they are kind of requirements sometimes for being in a relationship with someone. Yeah. And I think that's something that maybe we felt when we were younger, oh, we don't want to be needy. It's like, you're not needy you have needs yeah. and that is just okay. human like and being so open like that's what I found is things never get to the point that they need like we need to have a heated discussion or like yes there's going to be arguments you know we're, we're all human and things happen but I think if you have that open conversation even with people who you're very new to you know how you had those open conversations with people who you had known for one two three months but I think starting that way then allows you to carry on being open rather than getting to a point and then you know I always think I can't remember who said it but 
it was one of the gurus and I was listening to a podcast and he was like, don't start a relationship, you know, people pleasing saying that you love the opera if you don't like the opera because you're going to have to go to the fucking opera for the rest of that relationship. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, don't start the relationship trying to people please and do everything that you want to do. And that really spoke to me because that's what I used to do. You know, I would say that I like TV programs or a film and then we keep having to watch this fucking film that I hate it. Like, I'll be anything you want me to be. Just love me. <laughs> Genuinely. Genuine feels. We joke, but it I was real. Know that. <laughs> but like, it is true. Like, be open, be open to that. And I think that's something that both of us have very we're very strong with that and I think that's due to the work that we've done on ourselves as well to be honest definitely definitely and I think that also comes into being very having a, a very strong relationship with yourself like what are your needs what do you like what do you need in a relationship what do you want in a relationship and something that I'm doing now when I'm dating and going forward is having a conversation at the very start what are you looking for mm. <laughs> Like, this sounds so fucking basic. And I don't know why I haven't done this previously. Probably for the fact that I was like, oh, well, yeah, I want to see what happens. But like, yes, you want to see what happens. But I'm dating with the intention to meet somebody. I'm not 12. No, I'm not 12. I'm not 21. <laughs> wow. God, I was not dating at 12. I'm not 21 anymore. Like, I'm 30 years old. I want to meet somebody. Um, and there's nothing wrong with on a first date or when you're talking on an app with someone, hey, like out of curiosity, what are you looking for on here? Mm -hmm. And they can say to you, I'm looking for something casual, in which case you say, Thank you. amazing, Goodbye. good for mm -hmm. you, all power to you. I'm not obviously going to go on a date with this person. Yeah. And then if they say, and this is actually something going forward that I'm going to start doing, if they say, oh, I don't know, I'm just going to see what happens. I'm not really sure. Like, I'll just sit. I'm like, cool. Again, I'm not going to go on a date with that person because that has been my pattern is that I have dated people for a few months. We've never had that discussion at the start. And then they turn around after acting like we've been in a relationship and looking like it's on that trajectory and then saying, oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think I'm ready for this. And then pissing yeah. off. So I'm not doing that. And I'm not going to date an I don't know guy. It's I'm going to be dating people that are like, I love that. I'm looking for a relationship. What are you looking for? And actually, I started doing this and it's so refreshing. So many people are like, oh, I really want to, I want a relationship. And I'm like, Excellent. why have I not I done know. this before? <laughs> I feel like that, that, whatever you just said, and I can't think of it now, I'm going to have to go back in the recording, could be your book title. I'm not looking for an I don't know guy. <laughs> yeah, guys, um, my next love guru book. <laughs> that is the title. The story of Katie Maverick. <laughs> Yeah, my next podcast. Um, but dating with that intention, yeah. you know, and I actually remember someone said to me once, date, uh, they said, high intention, low attachment. Mm. So yes, you're going out and you're dating with the intention to meet someone or you're dating with the intention to have something casual or whatever your intention of dating is, but like know your intention. And especially, I suppose, the attachment piece comes in if you are dating to meet somebody. Mm. You're going out there to date with the intention of to find somebody, but you aren't getting too attached to anyone too quickly. You're not being like, okay, we've had two amazing dates. This is the guy that I'm going to hone in on. It's like, no, 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 no. Like just sit in it for a bit, enjoy it, observe it, mm. see how he shows up in this dynamic. See if this is someone who you actually want to date because you don't know him yet. You've been on two dates. Yeah. It's almost becoming like yeah. quite neutral to it isn't it it's like when we talk about yeah. money and like holding and grasping onto the amount of money that you want to make and mm. actually just when you let your palms go and kind of let go of that need or that like feeling of attachment again it, it just allows you to one enjoy the experience more but to actually see it for what it is because I think when we hold yes. on to it too tight you don't see it yeah. Or when you think it has to come from a certain place. So with money, it's like, oh, I have to make money from this specific venture. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with dating. It's like, if you go on a date with someone and you went on every date being like, I really want this guy to be my next person. And it's like, well, you're going to be a really intense person to go on a date with. You want to go on a date being like, sure, I hope I like this person, which is another point. I think a lot of people go on dates thinking, I hope they like me. I hope they like me. No, 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 no. You like you. You hope, yeah. yeah. You hope that you go on a date and you like them. Mm. Sure. I hope. I hope we get along well. I hope we have a nice time together, and then just see what happens. But you are dating with the intention to meet somebody, and I think that's a really good way to go into these 
situations yeah for sure, for sure. and i think it's like yeah. it's it shows like you've said resilience before but like bravery and stuff like i think it it is like being brave enough to put yourself like there's so many times that i'm in a restaurant and you know when you try and work out what date they're on you're like what day yeah. are these two on such a fun game is it one is it two <laughs> we were out the other day in bath and um it was a definite first date and I was like I just don't think I could do that like I just don't think I could like it's too it was just it's too so awkward for words. I mean and that's not a good first date then, no right? I could I, tell I, I like a, I actually really enjoy first dates I do I think they're quite fun yeah and I think I'm I think I'm okay I think I'm pretty good at them yeah. <laughs> I'm just um but I like to I like to chat and I like to meet new people but it's yeah I think resilience is key Mm. you do have to be brave to put yourself out there it requires a lot of bravery and I think you can't get what you want unless you're willing to I mean part of looking for someone is you're putting yourself out there with the risk of being rejected Mm -hmm. that is a risk you take Mm -hmm. otherwise you can just sit at home in your pajamas and watch tv and that's totally fine and you're never going to meet anyone and you're never going to get really hurt sure or if you want to put your cards on the table you're at risk of losing all your money Mm -hmm. So you just have to go out there and take that risk. Yeah, you just have to take that risk. Um, But I think something that I've definitely learned about myself again is the resilience. Because even so, when that previous experience that I keep referencing, it's just because it's the most recent one. When that ended, I was really upset. Actually, I think I called you. Oh, yeah, I so, was in but I, <laughs> you were like, yeah, you're in Poland. I was like, ring me now. <laughs> so I was very upset, bawling my eyes out, right? But I had a reservation at a wine bar that I had made to go on this date with this guy. We didn't make it to the wine bar, clearly. And if I didn't get to this reservation, it was going to charge me 25 quid. And I was like, I'll be damned <laughs> if I get broken up with and get charged 25 pound no-show fee for a date in the same night I was like fuck that so I was in my like leggings face was completely red and blotchy I was bawling my eyes out I rang my friend she was like I'm coming and she came in her fleece from the gym I mean what a friend we were at this really nice wine bar. I was like, I cried all the way to the wine bar. I think that's when I rang yeah, you. Was, I spoke you to you briefly. Yeah. I was outside yeah. the wine bar. She rocked up. My friend in fleece rocked up. We went into the wine bar. We had a lovely dinner, albeit through tears. <laughs> and then I <laughs> walked all the way home, cried all the way home, but I didn't get charged my 25, no show fee. And we had a lovely meal. <laughs> And I had a delightful meal and I actually did. I was really glad I did that. And I was like, that was good, good actually, Katie. Yeah. Like I felt like a turd. Like I felt horrible. It's the worst feeling. But I think it just showed the resilience that, okay, yes, that was horrible. We're going out. You know, it showed a bit of spirit, I think. Yeah. A bit of resilience yeah. there, even in the depths you of You like broke despair. the state completely, <laughs> didn't you? You know, like you were like, yes. I've got to do this because yeah. you could have gone home and just cried on your bed and been charged the 25 pounds but no you got back on the fucking horse and you went it was to the get principle. the wine <laughs> absolutely i was like either i'm going to go there and buy a 25 pound bottle of wine and just drink it by myself at home mm. <laughs> <On> <laughs> either way, way <laughs> either way i'm yeah on the way home either way i'm not i'm not doing yeah. that i'm not I'm not getting charged that and <laughs> being broken up within the same night it's not going to happen but i thought we'd end this episode with talking about just a little analogy that I heard recently and I thought I really liked it. And for anyone that's out there dating, I see you. It's really hard. It's really hard if you're looking for something real in this world, I think, um, where so many people are too afraid to get hurt and they've had all this baggage and whatever. So hats off to you. Well done. I see you. I salute you. We're out there together. But one analogy that I heard recently that I really, really liked, and it's about rejection, and I think I sent it to you, Becky, mm. uh, was... This woman was talking on Instagram. I don't know who she is. I don't know what, what her deal is. But I really liked what she had to say. I'm going to tell the, the analogy I now. I can't. I'm literally What a build-up. Build my seat. <laughs> on the precipice. <laughs> it's going to be very underwhelming now. Anyway, she was talking about the fact that, okay, you can, you know, ask the universe for your person. So it's actually a bus analogy. Wow, I've really fucked this yeah, up. Let me just start, start this again. again. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Clear the throat. 
Please, can we oh keep this bit in? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's about a bus. <laughs> so I've got the clues. <laughs> and that's the end okay. of the analogy. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> okay. So the analogy is, wow, that was horrendous. <laughs> the analogy is, is that, okay, say you want to catch a bus, right? You can put out the intention, all right, I'm going to go get this bus. I really want to get this specific bus. And you can run to the bus stop. You can do everything in your power to get to that bus stop. But if you get to that bus stop and that bus has already left and you can see it drive away as you, just as you arrive to the bus stop, it wasn't your fucking bus. Mm-hmm. You, put the, you put out the intention that you wanted that bus. You did all you could. You took the action. You ran to get the bus. You didn't just sit at home thinking, oh, I really want that bus. I'm going to go get that bus. But ugh, like, it's just going to come to me. You know, mm-hmm. you did what you could to get that bus. You did all you could. It wasn't your bus. It drove away without you. So stop kind of thinking, that's my bus. Yeah. That's that's the bus I needed. It's like, that's not your bus. You're at the bus stop. Another bus is going to come. Keep going out there with the intention that you're going to get a bus. <laughs> Keep taking the action to do the thing and the you'll bus, get on the, the bus. bus will come. The bus will come. And I just really like yeah, that no, analogy. I, love that. I think it's, it is the action thing, isn't it? It's, you know, I always say this to my clients, yeah. like, we have to meet the universe halfway. Like we have to take the action, the needle moving activities, the going out, the getting yourself on the app, whatever that is, like taking the action to put yourself in the ring. And then it's like, whoever's going to join you in the ring when they're ready or when the universe, you know, all of that. I think I, yeah. It's about trust, it is. isn't it? I really like We've that. got to trust that it's going to happen, which can be very hard to do, but you have to just, I think something that I make sure I do is after I've had a something happen that I'm like, oh, that didn't go too well. I take a break. Like I'm like, all right, let's just recover. Let's just go back to feeling confident again, feeling good about myself again, feeling ready and able to go back out in the ring again and and then go catch that damn fucking Bloody bus. Birth. What number's the bus? Um... I don't know. Should I just say an angel number? Is that what I meant <laughs> to say right now? One, 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 one. <laughs> I just wondered if you got number in mind. Six oh eight. Oh, there you go. I wonder where that bus will take me. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank, okay, I was just about... <laughs> yeah. thank you very much. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Slightly all over the place, I think, but no, I enjoyable nonetheless. I think it's been very oh, insightful. Good. good. Well... Everyone's definitely gotten to know us on a much more intimate level. So enjoy. And lesson, don't put your teeth on your fork when you pull your food out. Yes. Biggest (laughs) takeaway from this episode. Absolutely. When you're on a date, do be careful with your crockery or cutlery rather, I should say. Make sure you really uh, (laughs) keep the teeth out of it. Too good. (laughs) Right. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.